Hi, welcome back to Silverlight TV. I'm John Pop with Microsoft, and today I've got two guests on to talk to you about custom markup extensions in Silverlight 5. We've got Mark Harper. How are you doing, Mark? Doing fine. Good, thanks for coming on. We've got Sundar Kumar. Yeah, I that's said that right, actually. Cool, I said the name right. Cool. Yeah, you said the name right. <laughs> so these are the Silverlight dudes. They're the guys who basically created the custom markup extensions uh, on, the, on the Silverlight team. Right. And I got them on here because there's been a lot of confusion. I get a lot of questions on what is custom markup extensions, why would you want to use it, and why did the team create this? And then, of course, so we decided to talk to the team about how they did this, and then also show some examples of like when this is useful and talk about some of the limitations, how it relates to WPF, because that's where some of the ideas came from okay. uh, as well. And I want to start off the show first by thanking you guys, especially Mark, uh, for helping me out right before Mix earlier this year on basically a last-minute request I made to him to write me a custom markup extension. Uh, and he was like, what? And I think he did it at 3 a.m. And he basically wrote me a custom markup extension that I showed uh, during Mix, which was uh, well-received. Thank you. Cool. You bet. So with that said, can you guys tell me a little, a little bit about what you do on the Silverlight team and how custom markup extensions came about? Um, sure. So uh, I'm the program manager on the Silverlight team. Mm -hmm. um, so I work for the, I own the parser, Silverlight uh, okay. parser. And uh, uh, Silverlight, uh, in custom extensions, markup extensions are one of the features which, which came very often because people were used to markup extensions from WPF. They wanted to do uh, something which they already knew. So they wanted to carry whatever they knew and they wanted, they, they knew the uh, kind of uh, the strength of it or, or what, what it is for. It, it is markup extensions are the way to go uh, to write XAML in the succinct and concise manner, actually. So, so it's a way to, people who are familiar with WPF and markup extensions there have been allowed to basically make XAML do whatever they want. Right, absolutely. Before, in Silverlight, we couldn't. So now with Silverlight, with custom markup extensions, we can... It, it enables them, basically. Yeah, we can make it run any code we want. Absolutely. Cool. And uh, apart from this, we, we were also able to see many scenarios where people were using custom markup extensions in, in different ways, actually. Mm -hmm. For example, people, few people were using it for localization uh, and globalization, and there are a few scenarios where people were using it with uh, MEF, actually, Managed Extension Framework, yeah. and uh, uh, there are several scenarios like this, actually. Okay. And, uh, and and as you know, markup extension is, is very easy to create. Uh, if, if you have kind of I mean, done it in WPF, it is no different in Silverlight, apart from few, um, few minor changes. Yeah, yeah, few minor changes. It's so, actually simpler and easier, I think, in absolutely. Silverlight. So, so, so with that, before we get too deep into what they do and where they use it, can we show a simple example? Absolutely. File new. I like this. File <laughs> new project right here on Silverlight TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Fast custom mockup extensions. Okay. So I'll kind of talk through what you're doing. And can, uh, we, by the way, we call it CMEs, custom markup extensions, because we like acronyms here. <laughs> so, okay, new Silverlight project. And once we're ready. Absolutely. What would a custom markup extension look like in the XAML? Sure. So let's say I can define a text block and I can see. So it kind of, I mean, has the same um, protocol or syntax like any other binding. So it's sure. another markup extension. So we're still using right. binding. Yeah. And local will be our uh, main space resolver. Right. And uh, so here I'm just going to, this, this is how it is going to look in the in the XAML, actually. Okay. This is how simple it is. So this is something we commonly call curly brace syntax. Uh, it's the compact syntax that's used for setting attributes. But for any of the markup extensions, including custom markup extensions, 
if it's necessary, you can use the full um, angle bracket syntax. Oh, okay. If you so choose. That's, that's true, yeah, because we all get kind of spoiled. I know I use the curly brace all the time, mm -hmm. but I forgot, and geez, back when I wrote my Silverlight 2 book, that I used to explain to people you could actually write the binding syntax full out with mm -hmm. the XAML tags. Yeah, that didn't go away, huh? It's still there? It, it's still yes. there. It's still there. <laughs> the compact syntax is definitely the more popular. So as you're typing this in, and I'll ask you if you don't mind, could you grab the bar and move it over a little so people can see all the code sure, there? Sure. Cool. So basically, you're creating a class. It's okay. got the last name of extension, and then you're implementing an interface called iMarkup extension. I assume okay. that's the, the magic. Mm -hmm. So the naming um, first markup extension is a naming convention not unlike attributes. Okay. So whereas you can, uh, you can create some attribute or define some attribute class, give it the attribute name, in usage you don't actually have to use the word attribute. So basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is first markup extension is a class name, and then in XAML you would call it first markup. That's correct. Okay. You, so you have to have extension at the end of this. Yeah, so Sorry. like like here actually. You, you, don't, you don't actually have to, uh, but you can, use, you, know, you can use the extension without the extension word. Okay. Um, this is this will facilitate if you happen to have within the same uh, framework an object and then some way that you would like to create an instance of that object in sure. XAML so that you can have let's call it foo you can have the foo and the foo extension in the same namespace. We've got to close our text box. <laughs> Never happens to me. <laughs> cool. So now we're missing a using statement, I assume. There we go. Yeah. So without building, actually, it kind of doesn't give the resolve. Uh, thing actually, I at least need to do one build where it kind of I mean gives me that option. Actually. Sure. So you build it and it says, "Hey, you're missing system yeah, XAML." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I use refactoring tools for that as well. Right. I never remember what using statements I need. So, this is the most simple custom markup extension where it is going to return "Hello World." And it says "Hello World" out there for those who can't see it. But yeah. Can we flip over to the code again, real quick? Absolutely. So just show this real quick uh, and tell me where I'm wrong if I am. But basically, you get your class, you're implementing I markup extension. The reason it's a string is because you're returning a string? Right, right. Okay. And then basically the method, the, pr the provide value, is the interface that you have to implement. Right, absolutely. And uh, other thing is the I markup extension, the template parameter there, it is uh, generally the reference classes, actually. It's, it's a reference type. Okay. So that's the way. Now, do you so, always return string, or can you return something else, too? So you can return any other reference type, basically. Great. So that's the uh, big advantage of it. Let's go back and look at the XAML real quick, and just make sure. sure everybody's got that. So the XAML, again, is just you do a normal binding, but instead of binding it to, like, name or Absolutely. That's that simple, simple it is, actually. And that's actually, is that the path right there? Or right, is that, right. Because so this, so, so what that is is the name of the class. Class. What, what we do here is um, when we see the curly brace syntax, in the context of the parse, we look up, uh, it's, the prefix is local. We'll look up local. Um, did we define local in the XAML? Yeah, so we, we did. We, I didn't see we it. Must have. Uh, we must so have. If, uh, if we flip back to the XAML, uh, you'll great. see local defined yeah. as the CLR namespace first CME. If you flip back to the code, you'll see that that first markup extension is in the first CME namespace. Right, That's right. how we do the mapping. So, and so the, local's your choice, obviously. Exactly. Right. Which is and, what I used to. And so what the parser does is at the time that it sees the object in the curly brace syntax, it creates an instance of it. Uh, and ha after having created that instance, calls provide value. Okay. And, uh, and what it is that's uh, returned from provide value is what we actually do uh, set the property to. And obviously there's more involved examples, which I think mm -hmm. we have some yeah, to show yeah, as well. Yeah. So Another we thing to notice, uh, so while defining the custom markup extension or markup extension, we provide a, uh, we, we add the extension thing to it, but okay. uh, while calling we don't uh, really. 
exactly. it is just first markup. Yeah, I think when I did my uh, examples for, for mix and for whatnot, I made them big, long names, but it was mostly just for clarity. I wouldn't use you know 50 character names in real programming examples. Sure. Uh, next thing we can see is we'll try to pass some parameters. That's a good question. So how do you pass a parameter? Sundar says, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very simple. I'm going to define a couple of properties and um, and these would be a type of object, so they could be anything. But you could define yeah. these, I assume, as string or any scalar? That, that's correct. Okay. And because it's a type that has properties, just like any other type that has properties that you see in XAML, um, we recognize what the type is, and we'll call the correct type converter for that type. Okay, good. So uh, you can represent an int as a string, or anything with a type converter could be uh, a property on okay. your market. And it's extension. barking right now because you haven't compiled yet, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we've set up the properties here. Back in XAML, he passes in by name, the name of the actual, uh, using reflection, I assume, to figure out what the name is. And then inside a provide value, it's going to use those. So the first thing you should do, obviously, for coding this is to make sure that inside a provide value, somebody passed value in, because they're not required to in the, um, in the XAML. Right. So we get val1, and we'll have a val2. Right. And then we can spit those out with a return. Absolutely. Cool. I think people get that. That's cool. Um, so you brought some other examples, too, which have some uh, more involved. Yeah, I can, uh, I'll try to show the Angular brackets format. OK. Um, which I already have. Cool. We do our two-string. That is the simplest sure. example. Sure. pass in what so, yeah, numbers were. Edit and style 50. So, so parsing parameter is, is kind of really simple. You just need mm -hmm. to. Uh, the angular bracket format, which Mark was telling, is something like this. And the parameters are named parameters. That's right. correct. Right. So positional. Positional. Yeah, positional parameters aren't allowed in the Silverlight markup extension. Okay. And could you do that in WPF? You could do that in WPF. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a hard cut, but uh, it was something that, in the end, was. Uh, while syntactically convenient, not necessary for the actual Right, it's not going to kill you one way yeah. or the other. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this is the Angular bracket format, which Mark was talking This about. is a new example, or is this the same example? Uh, same example, okay. basically the, the addition of numbers. I'm just passing these two parameters in the Angular. So bracket. either you could write all of that code, or right. you could write that. Exactly. Yeah, that's a tough choice. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah, that's, what, that's why I guess I had to call out that the angle. You know, it's, angle it's, we all know that, and I'm yeah. sure everybody here knows it too, but you just don't think about it as often right. that, that you could do that. Cool. It's verbose, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Okay, and you had some other examples too, right? Absolutely. And uh, before going on to that, uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to know what really this, I mean, there, there is a parameter called a size service provider, mm -hmm. actually. Um, so it has it has few services, a few things to provide for the custom markup extension. So Mark would explain a great deal about it. So um, at the time that we call provide value, there's information that the markup extension could find useful from the context of the parse that only the parse could know because certain things haven't happened yet. We haven't we haven't set a property yet. Like what kind of element am I on? Exactly. Or, so yeah. uh, one of them is um, the. Target the target of the of the markup extension. What's the property? What's the object on which that property is going to be set? And the target is you got the source and the target. The target is the XAML element, is the XAML element, not yes. the source object. 
which could be like you know whatever you're bound to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If that if that were a binding, that would be true. Right. But in in this case, uh, for this markup extension, let's just imagine that it's a simple property. Um, so uh, it's the object, the target property. Another that you may want to the bus. yeah the root of the parse, uh, the lexical scope. So what is the root in this case? The root in this case is likely to be a user control. Yeah, it's the user control, not the grid. It's not the parent not, object. It's yeah, the exactly. It's, it's the, the root, root of the, it's page, the root yeah. of the object. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the root of the object is one of those things that's um, often handy in the case of like say, for type converters, uh, for events. The target of an event is always. I'm sorry, the, the event handler is always going to be on the root object. Regardless of where... In a user control that's in a user control that's in a user control, it's going to get the... It would be the root of um, the lexical scope, the root lexical scope of the XAML. Okay. It's a fine distinction, but it's something that only the parser would know. Sure. Uh, another is uh, being able to resolve types given prefixes is one of those things that only the parser would know because it, right. it relies on prefixes, um, XML, NS definitions, that existed in the XML, in the XAML. Okay. So no one knows that except for the parser. So. so before we show this example, can you flip to the XAML real quick? Absolutely. Because I think this is the one that... Yeah, so with custom markup extensions, we were kind of thinking of doing something interesting, actually. Mm -hmm. So what we tried to do is um, we wired up custom markup extension to three different controls okay. uh, and on three different events, actually. So we wanted uh, these three uh, events to fire one single method. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to achieve it through custom markup extension. So it was quite interesting. Uh, uh, so let's hide the, yeah, there we go. Limited screen space here. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we've got a text box with a custom markup. markup. We've got a button, and we've got something else probably. Combo box. A combo box, okay. So, so the main challenge of this particular scenario is that while you, for convenience, <coughs> you would like to use the same markup extension for each one of these scenarios, the actual types of the properties are different because they're different event handlers. The event handlers and the event handler arguments are different. Yeah. Exactly. This for is what example, I called you on at 3 in the morning before mix, so. Yeah. so it's quite a challenge. So. <laughs> button click, I mean, generally takes rooted event tags. The other, other ones, let's say selection change, it takes selection changed event tags. Right. So we wanted to uh, provide a mechanism where they will be able to call into one single function even though the, the parameters or the event arguments are different. Actually. So this is functionally, not functionally, but this is effectively equivalent to having the behaviors that we have in Blend that allow you to basically hook up a behavior to any event and exactly. then mm -hmm. write function code on it. Right. So now instead of using behavior, which you require the extra DLLs and a lot of XAML. Absolutely. Th that's what. We can simply have half a line of XAML to say, go call my method. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Right. I'll shut up and let you show it now. Sure. <laughs> so first I'll try to run it and show what it does. Then I can okay. walk through the code. A text box, a combo box, and a sure. button. There we go. Right. Uh, basically, uh, this one, this one calls all these, all these three call the same function, and the function what it does is it, it is going to uh, show who sent the event or where the event. And the first one's on got focus. Right. So okay. text box. So anytime you get to focus, it's going to do that. Sure. And whenever the item changes, it is going to tell. Unselected. Yeah. And that's on click I assume. Yeah. Right. right. So it's three different events on three different controls with three different event arcs. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And you have one CME that's going to handle that. Absolutely. Um, so all the three are calling this function, basically the target class and the, and the target function, basically target method. This which, is your code behind? Right, Okay. Right, main class code behind. Uh, this is the markup extension which tries to uh, do that. Right? So effectively, once you have this custom markup extension, if you can go back to your code behind real quick. Sure. You, I mean, custom markup extension you write once. 
your code behind then, you really just have to write this little bit of code, mm -hmm. hook it into your event handlers, and you're good. Absolutely. Okay. So basically, we set the target class in the data context. Mm -hmm. So once I set the data context for the, for the user control or the grid which is holding it, so all the controls within it will have access to that, actually. Right. So yeah, so that's what the custom markup extension does, right? So Mark was explaining about the I provide value target and mm -hmm. I root object provider, right? So with the I provide value target, I can kind of I mean I come to know what what which one is actually sending the request, whether it's the button or the or the combo box or what it is, right? Yep. So with that, I will be able to uh, construct an event which is going to be generic, basically depending whether it's a rooted event tag or selection changed event tag mm -hmm. uh, using uh, reflection, then after that, I will just, I mean, assign a, I, I'm just going to invoke the function, the target function which I had okay. defined in the main can, page. Can we scroll for a second, we just ask a few questions uh, sure. about some of this code too. So as we're looking through this, the, the beginning there you said we've got the uh, target object. We're right. getting that out of the target, sorry, the provide value target, right? Right, I provide value target. Gotcha. I do too. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get the event target out of there, and then we're getting into parameters. I have for the delegate type. Yeah, right. And here's we're using an, uh, So reflection. basically, let's say it's a click event, actually. Mm -hmm. So in the click event, it gives me the parameters, or the method, basically. For the so click event handler. Click event. So invoke and its parameters. So then I construct a generic method, actually, uh, with those events, and uh, I kind of invoke. Right, you're creating the method on the fly. I create a delegate, so basically. It. I create yeah. a delegate on the fly. And once the delegate is created, I just uh, pass the function pointer or the delegate to the to the to the uh, function defined there. Let's say right. there is a click or selection changed. So at runtime, when when that one is called, basically there is a function pointer to this uh, target method I defined actually. Mm -hmm. So then it gets called invoked actually. So all the code up to the point of the if root object is not equal to null. Basically, is getting that delegate ready. Absolutely. And then at the if root object is not equal to null, that's where you check and make sure. Okay, I've got a user control. That's your framework element, and then you're going to get the target. Uh, basically, I get the target class, so that's where the data context is set. I get the target class. Mm -hmm. So here, so till till this point, I I prepare my uh, parameters, what parameters I need to pass, and what are the uh, so how generic I need to make. So yep. here, I I get to know the context, and I get the method from that context, and I pass the parameters, creating okay. a delegate to it. So we come down there, and so we add the event handler. We'll just show that real quick too, if you could scroll up just a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. So we got add event handler, which is where it's associating with that target Absolutely. the delegate that you created up above. Right. And then that's what that code at the bottom is actually doing is actually invoking it. Right. It's just invoking the target. That's right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think when we were going through all this, I probably spent more time than I needed to on the phone, make sure I understood what was going on as. You put this all together. But this worked out really good. The, the trick with this particular one was figuring out how to handle all the different signatures that the delegates could take. Yeah. But this is nice. So in the end, you end up with a nice custom generic yeah. CME. And we are able to extend this to an uh, uh, MVVM uh, kind of a sample, actually. Something so I'd love to hear about. Yeah, yeah. If you have and we'll provide this code so everybody can have this CME. Right, right. Just Absolutely. send a nice donation to Mark's. <laughs> Got a PayPal account, we'll put it up there, Mark, or we can donate to you. So here's the same CME in action in a more realistic exactly. example. Yeah. Uh, so here, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to call a, a method using the markup extension on the view model right. from the view. So, so this method, it is going to change something in the view model, which is going to be reflected on the view. Okay, so we've got a button, and we want to—we have an action that we want to happen right. when the button's clicked. Now, in, in a button click, I know we could use command, but 
the idea is we could do this for the button, we could do it for the data grid, for the list box. Anything, actually. Right click on the grid panel with a mouse event. Any event. Right. And method is a parameter on the custom record Yeah, so class. This, is, this is similar to the value one and value two which we showed in the okay. first example. Basically, it's a parameter value kind of, yeah. Okay, and here's a so great it's, screen. it's a very, <laughs> very simple example which we kind of folded. And when you click, click, it actually changes the text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you have a view model in there? Can we just look at what the view model is doing real quick? Absolutely. I had nothing, nothing much. There is a sample string, and mm -hmm. uh, when they do something, it just compares it. And so do yes. something is the method that's getting fired off. Right. And then show me your code behind real quick, just to, not me, but them, just to prove that we're not doing any relaying or anything like that. Nothing. Yeah. In fact, we could get rid of the button click if we had okay. to in there. Cool. I like it. That's this awesome. is one of my favorite features just because it helps solve some MVVM problems. Uh, as I mentioned, in a lot of MVVM, people are always asking, do I use commands? Do I use behaviors? What do I do? Should I just use the code behind? None of those answers are wrong. I mean, they all functionally work. Right. But I try to do consistency, meaning my general rule was always use commands for anything that's a button or button base. And then I use behavior for other things because you can't use a command for it. Uh, now with custom Arc extensions, you could effectively use the command for the button and use CMEs for everything else. Everything else. Yeah. Right. And the reason I say that is because the, uh, the behaviors are just more verbose. They're, you know, seven lines of XAML as opposed to half a line. Off. And an extra DLL. Right. <laughs> that's all. Cool. Hey guys, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this. And if it's okay, we'll share the code samples with everybody? Absolutely. We can share the generic uh, custom uh, mockup extension which we came up with. Awesome. And I appreciate all the work you guys have done in Silverlight 5 uh, coming out, coming to a theater near you soon. So thank, thank you, you guys. Thanks, 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 thanks for watching Silverlight TV. Thank you.